0: morning people it's Larry here it's 5.30am I got my ass out of bed at 5.15 and I have a pound headache I don't usually get up at this hour it's very unusual I like the scratcher, you see I don't like uh getting up if I can avoid it, I'll stay in bed for as long as I possibly can, and if I've nothing on, there's just no getting me out of scratcher. I could stay in bed till 10, 11 o'clock easy, and if I've had a few drinks, well, there's just no getting me out of nest. I'll be there till as long as I need to, until I start to feel some way okay. But I have a job to do this morning that can't be done at any other time, so I have to do it. I don't mind too much, but uh, I'd rather be in bed, to be honest. Um, There's nobody around. Nobody. Except me. What else can I tell you? I don't know. I'm winding down... ...for Christmas. I like this time of year. Uh, You see, before... ...well, I suppose... ...taking the last two, two to three years out of the picture before that I used to employ a lot of people and I was always on always on you know I never gave myself a break and I had to be busy because I was on the way somewhere you know, I was somebody and I had stuff to do and things to achieve and responsibilities and money to make and bills to pay a lot of pressure a lot of self-imposed pressure but Christmas time was was a time when all of that kind of ceased you know and I could just stop and it was good and I remember one particular year we were flat out we were so busy and I was so I was so busy the boys were were only very young say one, two, three years of age and uh, I had no time for anything else. My work took precedence and commitments. It was really to pay bills. I got into a lot of uh, financial difficulty, stretched myself, borrowed. Anyway, um, I was pushing hard, you know? But one particular year I was really, really busy. And uh, I remember when Christmas came, I got really sick. And uh, when things stopped, you know. It was like, uh, as soon as I stopped mentally, psychologically, my me body just said, ah, oh, here, fuck you. You know? And I was sick on the couch all Christmas. And then I got well again and I went back to work. It a crazy time, that was a crazy time. But I don't regret it, Uh, I learned a lot from it, it was valuable and uh, isn't it remarkable? Oh my god, oh lordy lord, I don't know, cyclists are amazing because uh, some of them wear lights and some of them don't wear lights and um, anyway, mad. There's a couple of people around, a few taxis and stuff, but that's about it. The city will start to wake up shortly, start to creep out of houses and make their way onto the street. But now I take things a little more easy, a little easier. Because I've learnt that all that shit doesn't work, you know. And uh, maybe I'm a little bit wiser anyway hope you have a good day I'll check his later on at some stage I like it when it's quiet when the streets are empty and there's nobody about and it's just me and maybe a few other punters it's peaceful you know there's no activity I like it like that I've always liked my own company I'm what some may refer to as an introvert don't mind crowds, that's not an issue for me Never has been an issue I'm a little bit reserved when I'm in a bunch of people Lots of people If I have to be Open and talkative I am I can do that shit too um, But there's nothing loud About me unless I get angry Unless somebody pisses me off Or unless I've got a purpose And a passion Or I see Something that's Um, not right. Stand up for it. I'll shout about it then. But ordinarily, I'm quiet, reserved. I'm in the background, and um, that's my place. You know, I, li- I like my own company. I don't like when, when there's others, loads of people. Ironic then that I share my stuff on the internet, that I write about it goes out to lots of people and, and that I record about it here but anyway that's what I do that's part of it um, there's often more to be learned in times like this in the morning the morning is good even though I like staying the scratcher the quiet of it you know and it holds something else Rumi talks about that Um, One of his poems Talks about how If you wake up Don't go back to sleep That there's something Special for you At this hour You know And um, as much as I like the scratcher There is something nice about The morning when there's no one around I like it at night too When the house is asleep I don't do lots of noise, unless it's rock and roll, you know, unless it's some heavy metal or something like that, bit, bit of good music, I dig that, you know, but uh, there's often a misconstrued notion, misconstrued commentary out there about the introvert. Many people don't understand, and it's often the extrovert or the people in between that seem to think they know something about the introvert, the one that doesn't like to mix. Some people label it antisocial, as if there's something wrong with liking your own company over. Crowds, groups. I love my own company over crowds and groups. I can do groups as well, that's fine. But I'd much prefer to be alone. Or have a one to one with someone on the same level, you know? I often see stuff that many other people don't see. And um, maybe that's to my advantage. But uh, anyway, it's good to be on your own. Lots of people can't handle being on their own. You fucking freak out. Gotta be with somebody or with people. Gotta have something to perform to. The performance is important because the sense of self is achieved when there's a performance and there's some reciprocation. There's more of a real and true sense of self when you can be that self without anybody else around and realise yourself without any reciprocation that's where the true sense the true self lies for me anyway you got to get comfortable where you are You're comfortable in your own shoes you get comfortable in your own company everything else is just illusory what do you reckon? It looks like one. It smells like one. But it's not one. Absolutely. It doesn't taste like one. It doesn't have the texture of one. It's fucking not one. I'm not happy about it. However. I leave it, because I bought it. Just do me a favour. Don't call it something a Danish if it's not a Danish. Alright? Call it something else. Alright? Thanks. When I was a young fellow, probably about 16 or 17, I attended a technical college where I did uh, some of my training to be an electrician. And some of that work we did was lab work. And uh, in the lab we would, uh, we'd get out oscilloscopes and we'd get out uh, resistors and variable resistors and all kinds of lovely stuff. And we'd hook it all up, and, uh, well under instruction, you know. And on one particular occasion, uh, the instructor, the lecturer, or whatever, hooked up a rheostat to uh, an electrical supply and uh, connected a lamp to it. Proceeded to show us how frequency works, you know, or rather, not how it works, but the apparent effects of what we call frequency of electrical uh, supply. In my part of the world, uh, it's generated at 50 cycles per second, and what that means is, uh, if you were to plot that out on a on a um, on a graph. it would show as a sine wave and really what a sine wave is is a a snapshot of um a circular motion a continuous pattern once the circle is closed anyway so um in my country, it's generated at 50 cycles per second. So there's 50 of these cycles from uh, the sine wave rises from zero up to peak positive, down through zero to peak negative and back to zero again, um, 50 times a second. So when you uh, hook a light up to an electrical supply, you can't your brain can't perceive the off's. It only sees the on's. Now, I've a little bit more uh, poking around to do why we only see the on's as opposed to the off's. But that's how it is. Um, so the light flickers on 50 time, on and off 50 times a second so fast that your brain can't see it. So it appears to be on. And what he did was, the lecturer, he uh, reduced the frequency of the electrical supply to the lamp. And we observe, observed the lamp as the frequency reduced from 50 cycles per second down to 25, down to 10, down to 5. You could see the lamp flicker on and off. And uh, it was a bit of a, (laughs) pardon the pun, a lightbulb moment, you know. On reflection, it certainly has been uh, an eye-opener. Because um, this is the nature of things. This is the nature of all things. So, as I sat in my coffee shop eating my Danish, which wasn't really a fucking Danish. I was looking out the window and doing a bit of people watching and observed people. And this dog crossed the road. And the dog was running across the road. And if you look, even if you look at people move you can see the pattern of their movement and the flicker there's a flicker in their movement as they as let's say they are, their arms swing or as they their feet move one in front of the other as they walk and I was watching this dog as he ran across the road and his legs appeared to appear in various places at the same time you know you'll see it you'll see it if someone waves a light in front of your face it, especially in the dark it appears to stay, it traces across the space, uh, a track of light that disappears, Um, you know what I'm talking about, and uh, really, you know, when you look at that, when I look at that, um, I'm reminded of that light bulb uh, in the lab uh, 30 years ago, well not quite 30 years ago, 25 years ago, and uh, this is the nature of everything really, you know, we think we see physical reality, we think things are physical, We put our hand on something hard and it feels hard and we say, oh yeah, that's real. And we we feel ourselves and we feel other people and it's apparent to us that things are real, we call them real. When, to me, in actual reality, things are just kind of buzzing around the place and to us, through our physical apparatus, through our nervous system, our faculties, Um. Through our interpretation of this uh, buzzing that's going on, um, we perceive physicality, you know, and we get caught up in this, you know. It's so fucking real. We get so wound up in it, and we get we get wound up in other people's opinions and how they talk to us and stuff, racism and all, you know. When really, should we just chill out? Maybe might help. Calling time. Larry, Bernie, Tipperary, UB Dublin. I listened to you in the morning, 21st September, of December, out there, I guess, on the streets of Dublin. Headed somewhere. And I'm thinking years ago I used to walk the streets of Bray at 6 o'clock in the morning to get to the Dart. Then I'd arrive in Centre City and you couldn't, I couldn't get a coffee at seven o'clock in the morning in Dublin. How things, how times have changed. So my question for you is, if you're out that early, before 7 a.m. and you're driving towards Centre City, what light would be on for a coffee? Let me know. That helps me remap the significance of waking up in Dublin. Hope your day goes well and your Christmas is even better. You know what, Bernie? I don't believe there is anywhere. Uh, none that I know of, unless you go into a hotel, um, but they don't even start serving breakfast till like 7 a.m. Some maybe 8 a.m. So I don't know anywhere to get a coffee at that hour. Um, I didn't see anywhere open on my spin into the, the city centre. I was up around um, Herbert Herbert Street, up around uh, near the canal, off Baggett Street. Uh, didn't see anywhere open. Um, seven o'clock probably places start opening around me around town but uh, before that I don't think so so uh, at the best of times you have to kind of hunt for good coffee although it is getting better but I've noticed the old coffee gone up in price it's like 270 or 280 now for a takeaway coffee Um, a year ago it was like 230 240 at the most but there you go. Anyway, I'm going to talk more about um, planning for Christmas. Um, because I've lots of stuff that I'm doing. As I called into your station earlier about this. So, <clears throat> on the food side, so the turkey, we get the turkey, haven't got that yet. My missus usually gets that. Uh, we get the ham. Boil the ham, don't bake the ham. We boil the ham, and then when the ham's done, I put the cabbage into the ham water and uh, boil the cabbage in there, and then um, salt and pepper and stuff. So that's that. Then, carrots and parsnips, I'll steam them, mash them up. Beautiful, love it. Carrots and parsnips mixed together, or carrots and turnip mixed together is good too. Never used to like turnip as a kid, but my tastes have developed as I've grown older uh, it's current parsnip cabbage stuffing will be made with breadcrumbs parsley, thyme, um, oregano, sage uh, olive oil what else am I putting in there, salt and pepper and bacon bits and uh, fry the bacon bits up on the pan first uh, with a bit of oil and then mix it all together until it's kind of soggy you know, but not too soggy, it's kind of loose but kind of damp if you know what I mean yeah that's better and once that's done then I'll whack it into the board and what I do is I get some grease proof paper and I stuff it inside the board and then I put the stuffing in because it's a bit tricky trying to get the stuffing out if you don't do that and when you do that you can leave the paper just sticking out the nose of the board and then you can just pull out the packet it's like it creates a little parcel and you can just pull it out uh, of the board, and then all the juices of the board m- m- make their way down through the stuffing. It's beautiful, and it's especially good at the at the the back of the board where there's a little pocket, and I use the skin there and stuff in, get the stuffing in there, and then that goes real crispy. It's beautiful. That's my favorite bit. That's Lars bit. I, that's I keep that for me. Uh, so that's the turkey, and then the roasters. They have to be. Uh, they have to be Mar- Maris Piper potatoes anything else is a, is a poor substitute Maris Pipers boiled until almost done and then drain the water off dry them out in the pot on a hot, on a hot ring low, very low dry them out then place them carefully in the, in the turkey tray spoon over the turkey juices whack them in for the last maybe 30 minutes 40 minutes until they crisp up beautiful that's the dinner now comes dessert. Christmas Eve, I'll uh, get to work. I'll get to work on mince pies, and the mince pies I use a Jamie Oliver recipe for the pastry. And what I do is I add some lemon into that, <clears throat> and I make my own minced minced fruit and stuff. It's it's basically an apple base and raisins and all kinds of lovely stuff. I'll make that a few days before, maybe a week. I'll have to get me together and get that done. Then I spread that out over the pastry, roll out the pastry, spread out the stuff, roll it all up, and then chop it up into little kind of little rolls, you could say. And then I pop them into the the uh, muffin tray into the oven. Beautiful. They are in high demand. I've been told to do two or three batches this year, so uh, I'll have to make sure I do that. And here comes the um, the best of all, best of all, is ice cream. I make my own. It's an Italian dessert, and I'll do it. I'll, I'll give you my best Italian accent. Semi fredo, semi fredo. It's a uh, semi frozen, frozen, frozen ice cream. So really easy to make, and I have to go out and buy loads of Snickers because it's a Snickers based Semi fredo. Again, it's a Jamie Oliver recipe, but uh, I kind of take it to the hilt. Because I add more goodness to it than he does. Anyway, it's awesome, very popular, um, and how you do it is very simple actually. You get like I think there's six eggs in the recipe. I think I end up using about eight, eight or ten. But you separate the eggs. You get the the, the yolks in one bowl, the whites in another bowl, what um, and cream, double cream in another bowl, and then you get a load of chocolate um, Snickers. On uh, in a bowl on um, some hot water on the, on the on the stove. You let that melt, and you whisk up your your egg whites until they're nice and stiff. And you get sugar and you whack the sugar in to the to the egg yolks. Google it. You'll get this uh, Jamie Oliver Snickers ice cream. You'll you'll get it online. And you whack the sugar into the eggs and you whip that up into a lovely fluffy uh, uh, consistency you put a tablespoon of vanilla essence in there and then you fold in the egg whites into the egg yolks and then you take your beaten uh, double cream and you fold in your double cream into that and then you fold it all together but you don't whack the shit out of it you have to be very careful with it and then once that's done you could nearly like i have to just keep myself on tabs here because i don't uh, i end up eating the whole stuff uh, the whole lot <laughs> if it was left but then you get some of your melted Snickers and dark chocolate, and you mix it up in there too, and you swirl it around, and then you pour it into, you pour it into a, a, a ceramic dish that's been in the freezer already. This is important. You've got to make sure your ceramic dish is good and cold. Um, so leave it in the freezer for an hour, whip it out, pour your mixture in, Get the rest of your chocolate and whatchamacallit, uh Snickers, melted Snickers, and and uh, kind of stir that around inside the mixture. And then sprinkle some broken up Snickers over the top, whack that in the oven in the in the freezer and uh it's deadly. The only thing is you need to take it out of the freezer probably half an hour before you're going to serve it because it needs to soften. But uh, you don't need an ice cream maker or anything like that, and it's great. My kids love it. So that's what I'm up to. I have to go doing a bit of shopping now. Later on, uh, and tomorrow, I've got to pick up the ingredients. I've got to bring the boys to see Star Wars. I've got to we, we, we double tree for the lads Star Wars and then Eddie Rockets uh, for a burger. And then uh, we have a couple of presents to get. And that's it. It'll be all done by the shouting. And uh, that's what I'm up to. So thanks for asking, Bernie. Uh, Whatever the rest of you guys are up to for your Christmas preps, I hope you get what you need, and make sure you you get a little extra because um, you don't want to run out. That reminds me, I've got some I've got some stuff that if I don't get it today, I'm going to be screwed. So I better get my skates on. All right, talk to you later. So um, a few days ago, I was uh, talking about uh, taking my podcast off anchor. Away from Anchor, uh, currently Anchor are the owners. Are the owners? They they uh, they're listed as the owner of the podcast because they submit it to iTunes via their iTunes account, Podcast Connect account. You know, so I'm going. Okay, if I'm going to take this podcast back and take ownership of it and all that kind of stuff, host it, uh, etc. Well, how how am I going to do this if 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 Anchor own it? So. Um, I shot uh apple an email and i was i was i fired a few questions at bernie on it as well because he, he was doing a bit of talking about this whole thing and uh but the podcasting thing using an anchor so um anyway i shot the guys at apple an email and also the anchor support guys an email apple came back to me the quickest they said uh basically that i'm not listed as the owner so i need to arrange it i need to get my apple uh, account email uh, listed in the title tag or the description tag of the uh, podcast which is pretty easy to do so um, subsequent to that anchor came back to me too and they uh, came back to me with the same uh, recommendation so if to give them my, my Apple email, they'll update the podcast to reflect that uh, email as being the email of the owner. And hey, presto, I've got ownership of the uh, podcast, so I can move it permanently to Spreaker or some other host, and uh, that's it. Now, the downside to that is, um, I suppose, when I'm recording, it doesn't go to Anchor. Uh, and at the moment, I like the way I can throw up segments here on Anchor, and then stitch them together and shoot out podcast episode. Now I'll need to do that using the Spreaker app or some other app. I'm going to use Spreaker app, and uh, so that's got me thinking now. How do I do? How do I do that? Because currently I'm killing two boards with the one stone. I've got the social element on Anchor, and I've got the uh, hosting. Uh, element with Spreaker so right now what I do is I record segments using Anchor I piece them together and I create a podcast episode when that happens Spreaker knows about it because I've taken my Anchor podcast feed and I've given it to Spreaker so Spreaker's looking at my activity on Anchor and as soon as I uh, submit a new episode um, they see it And iTunes sees it too. And um, that's all good. But I'd like more control, you know. And uh, just going to have to do a little bit more thinking about how I manage all of that. Uh, But I think it's better that I manage the uh, feed um, for ownership of the content and control over the content. Because uh, if Anchor can't get this monetizing thing right, they'll disappear. That's the truth of it. Now, some are saying that there's going to be a a paid plan coming in on Anchor soon, and that's fine. But still, I like to have control over the content that I create, ultimately. And right now, uh, I don't have that full control. So, uh, at least I know now how to do it. Got to think a little bit more about how I manage the social element, because I don't have to do things twice. And um, we'll see how that goes. But just thought I'd give you that update. So if you have got a podcast on Anchor and you do want to move it to your own hosting, all you need to do is shoot uh, the Anchor support guys an email and say, hey, uh, or a support ticket and say, here's my Apple, uh, my Apple Podcasts email, update the metadata on the Anchor podcast to reflect this and uh, you've got ownership of it okay so maybe that's helpful to you Uh, I think everybody should own their own content ultimately and have control over it otherwise you're giving up uh, some of your creative uh, integrity to others you know or control anyway okay so I'm going to sign off now for the evening Uh, I might jump on anchor later on it's now 7.15pm where I am I'm heading out to a gig Going to check it out with my missus, have a few drinks, and uh, I might check is later on. Okay, take it easy. You've just been listening to episode number 55 of the Daily Larb. Made a, a bit of a mixed bag there today. I was talking about some deep shit that came to mind this a.m., the early hours, as I drove to my place of work for the day, for the morning, and... Uh, They're talking about the old Christmas dinner I turn into a chef at Christmas time Fully fledged Take over the kitchen do my thing Make lots of lovely shit Stuff even And uh, I like cooking It's I don't know what you call it What's that word? Can't think now Therapy That's the word So I'm going to wind it up for today, for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you're listening on on, uh, Spreaker, iTunes, Google Play, recorded this episode using Anchor, the little iPhone app. And uh, when you get over to anchor.fm forward slash slarb, you can catch uh, lots of other stuff, other people's material that I echo. uh, That doesn't make it into the episodes. I can't add it because it belongs to others. And uh, one other thing I'd like you to do, love you to do, is go over to larrygmaguar.com and check out The artist Manifesto. It's a little 30 page PDF that I wrote, a little book that I wrote about eight, nine months ago. I'm going to turn it into a real book, hard copy book this year. Uh, so watch out for that. Um, looking forward to putting that together. It's going to be more than 30 pages in the book, obviously going to select certain articles from the site this year I've written uh, over 120 articles over on larrygmcguire.com since uh, around about February or March and um, going to take the best of them and stick them in a book and uh, get them out there uh, finally so that's it for today I might be back later on, uh, on Anchor having some chats depending on what might come to mind So uh, thanks for listening. I'll check you tomorrow. Take it easy.